ready? Yeah. I think you need to get a smidge closer to the mic. So other... <laughs> Her feet don't touch the ground. <laughs> My feet are fully not touching the ground because I had to sit on a pillow. I had to scoot her in. <laughs> I'm dead. Okay. Hi, guys, and welcome back to Happy and Healthy. I am your host, Ginny and I'm Opola, and I'm brought here today with a special guest, Miss <laughs> Sarah Partain. <laughs> Tell them who you are. Um, yeah, I'm Sarah. Um, I'm one of Janine's Best friends. friends. Best friends. Yeah, I wasn't going to say it, but I was hoping she would. Yeah, she is. Um, <laughs> she'll we be, she'll be one of my bridesmaids girl. one day. Um, what else do you want me to say about myself? What do you do? Where There's are you from? So I'm from a lot of places. My dad's Air Force, so we That's just kind of grew up in the south. I've lived in Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, North Carolina, and then went to school in Alabama, went to Auburn, or Eagle. Um, <laughs> moved to LA okay. for a couple years. That's where I met Janine. Uh-huh. Moved to London um, in 2019, and then just moved back to LA. So she did. that was her pathing, 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 path. Cross, pa- pa- no, paths are crossing. <laughs> Have you seen paths those TikToks where people like they say something and they keep messing up and they yeah, cannot say it right? That was me. That, that was, was that moment right, right, right there. Cross or pathing? I still don't know. What I'm doing. <laughs> I don't speak English anymore. It's the only language I speak, but I lost it. Um, paths are crossing. So yeah, I do a few different things. I um, am a photographer and web designer. So kind of anything freelance that pays, I'll take it. I joke that there's no pride in freelancing. So if you have money, I will do it. Um, I'm dead that's so fun yeah we basically met um uh, three years ago it was 2018 2018 three years ago we were friends for three years yeah we met out in LA and she's an awesome photographer super super talented and we've done some fun travels together you know I've come to visit her in Atlanta and then London and then we have a fun little international trip coming up Soon, which we're praying excited. actually happens, but we're supposed yeah. to go to Italy next month. All the, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I know. Stoked. Yeah, got to oh get goodness. all the all the stuff done. I haven't been but to Italy in a while. I'm stoked. I had a seven hour layover, and that was pretty much it. And I like left the the airport, went to a cafe at the coast, got a little coffee, came back. But I still feel like that doesn't count. No, it you can like count. you can write the country down that you've been in the country. Yeah, but like, I haven't seen nothing. No. Anyway, <laughs> all that to say, um, I'm really excited to have her on because I was trying to have her on when she came to visit me in Dallas. Was that two months ago now? Yes. Yeah, it was two I months mean, ago. Yeah, two months two ago. Two months ago. Mm-hmm. And we were, I mean, so tired. We were not well. <laughs> we, were not, we were not well. We weren't well. I had just moved three times. Yeah. I moved from England to America, and then my parents sold their house, they moved their house, and yeah. then I was moving to LA. So it was just like, yeah, I was confused. It was a lot. Yeah. So we were like, okay, maybe we should just wait till you're a little bit more settled and then I'm out in LA. So I'm in LA right now. And if you're watching the YouTube video, we're filming this at my best friend Penny's house. Her house is gorgeous, but we're we're in her little house right now. So the background is different. Um, But we have been trying to just discuss like, okay, what do we want to talk about? And I feel like this topic of worry just keeps getting brought up because I do think that this is a common issue, whether it's worry, anxiety, fear, they can all be kind of lumped into one. I think this is a very common problem that a lot of people deal with. I know that I get a lot of DMs from girls or just people in general being like, you know, I'm worried about this. I'm worried about that. Like, what do I do? And sometimes I don't always have the answer, but I do know that there are some biblical truths that we can give you some things that we've done, some tangible things, some you know, 
physical things, but also spiritual things we've done to just kind of like help deal with worry. And I think this is something that Sarah's really good at. And she was one that was like, let's talk about this. So what, what was the, the phrase that you had for this? Okay. So the phrase is living outside of worry. And so just as Christians, I mean, I feel like everyone, this is such a universal, universal experience the past two years. There've just been so many opportunities for worry and fear and uncertainty and questions. It feels like everything we kind of knew has been flipped upside down other than the things that we really know about Christ. And so, um, the concept of living outside of worry, I have this friend, one of my other, just many, many cool friends who I don't even, I had another friend that told me that she did this. I don't even know that she knows that I'm talking about this right now, but, um, she, just lives by this mantra of living outside of worry. And so going through that, just saying as Christians, we have the, um, what was the word I just used? We have the, we have the privilege to live outside of worry because we can trust in the sovereignty of the Lord. And so Mm. just going through every single day with the Holy Spirit, with his guide, just saying like, because God is so sovereign in this, I don't even have to question. We can just trust his, his justice and his goodness as creator of the universe. And, um, I just said that's so weird. And no, also, but no, I totally flowed with that. Are, are you good? No, like, <laughs> like I'm facing the wrong way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I will say though, and like, um, like especially what you're saying, like with 2020, like worry was like it was on the rise. And again, like it could have been, it could have manifested in anxiety, fear, you know, like loneliness. Like I feel like that all stems. And I know that I, I don't typically deal with worry. And I don't know if you do. I don't typically, but I remember feeling like. I was worried every single day in the beginning of the pandemic because I was like, is there going to be food? Am I going to lose my job? Am I going to be able to see my family? What if they close the borders? Like just all these thoughts spiraling that, I mean, all of them didn't come to fruition, which is crazy because if you think about it, a lot of the things that we do worry about never actually come into fruition. Yeah. They never happen. No. And that's, there's this quote that I have so much. It's by Ann Boskamp, who is, I mean, just an incredible speaker, but it basically says the mind would rather fret over the future or pine over the past because it seeks that which it can control. And the present moment is the only moment that the mind can't control. And the Mm. battle plan of the enemy of our soul is to keep us out of the presence of the Lord. And the present moment is the only moment we can be before God. And so if the enemy, if he can take us into worry, if he can take us into fear about the future or worry over the past or anxiety over things or just questioning, then he totally pulls us out of the present moment and he pulls us out of the presence of the Lord, honestly. Totally. Yeah, and that's such a good point because, like, in the Bible, which I probably should pull up the actual scripture, but it says, like, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow has enough to worry about itself. Like, because, again, that's such a good point. Like, if you're sitting there worrying about tomorrow, 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 yeah, you're not being present. And God's like, I've already taken care of it. Like, you you don't have to do anything. Like, sit here and be present with me. But that is such a good point. It's like the past you can't change and the future you can't control. So those are the two things that like feel unsafe because they're, they're unknowns. Yeah. And the unknowns, of course there's fear, but, but it's like, what does it look like to, to not know, but to still trust God? What does that actually like physically look like? Or like literally look like, what does that look like for you to do that? Yeah. I think one thing, this has been kind of my like soapbox for the past couple months, but I was reading in Job and in verses, it's like, 38 through 40 and it's when Job is kind of questioning the Lord and God comes back and this is his answer he's like Job how can you even question me do you understand who set the universe in place do you understand Mm. that my in my goodness in my sovereignty in my supreme power I hung the scales of balance of everything that is in existence and so his goodness like God is 
he is goodness. And so he cannot be anything other than good. And so Mm. with just in learning that for myself and looking at my own life, things that I might worry about or question or stress over where I'm sitting there questioning the Lord. I'm like, why did you let this happen? Why did you let that happen? What if this happens, God, what are you going to do? How are you going to come through in my life in this way? Being able to sit back kind of in the way that Job did in that conversation and say, God, you're so good right. that I know that the outcome of this, that like God works out all things to those who love him to the, mm-hmm. their highest good and his highest glory. And so um, that's another friend of mine, another great friend. She's very popular, guys. Like, no, 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 we just, you know, Christian community, guys, Christian community. No, it's true. Guys. It matters and it helps. Um, but our sweet friend, Abby Drown, also we a friend of yours. Oh, we love Abby Drown. Her wisdom. I Un- mean, unbeatable. I mean, like, I pray to be like her, honestly. Yeah. Like, unreal. I'm like, are you Solomon? No, I'm like, uh, ma'am, ma'am. Um, but she told me this habit of hers that she has this daily prayer of waking up and saying, Lord, let your highest, best, and most supreme will be outworked today. And then mm. in saying that, God collects our prayers and our tears. That's two things. We can talk mm, about that a little I bit love. later. But God will never let a tear go to waste, and he will never let a prayer go uncollected. In saying that prayer every single morning, let your best, highest, and most supreme will be outworked today, and trusting that God hears every single one of your prayers and collects it, then I will go throughout my day just saying, Lord, I trust that I have released this to you, that this is your highest, best, mm. and most supreme will. And so so an example, going throughout your day, if maybe there was, if you're an actor, my sister's an actress, and she, if you apply for a role and you really, really, really want to get it and you end up not getting it, instead of sitting there in this worry and this fear, and you can let that so snowball. Like, what if I never get a job? What if I never am successful? What if I right. am not good enough? What if I chose the wrong thing? Instead of that, sitting in there and saying, Lord, I trust that your highest, best, and most supreme will is being outworked in this. I trust you that I was not supposed to get that role because yep. there's something else. Like, your timing is so perfect. There's something else coming or somewhere else I was supposed to be or yep. another person who's supposed to be in that position. And so that releases you from worrying or questioning anything because you can just sit there and – it's a practice. I'm preaching to myself. Yeah, I was going to say. I am not flawless at this. Like, this right, is, and neither am I. No. And, like, we're not trying to be like, we have this all figured out. But yeah. I do feel like I'm kind of the same way. Like, I rarely, rarely struggle with anxiety or fear or, or worry because I feel like I've learned, you know, the whole, like, I've learned the um, discipline of being, like, content in all circumstances. Like, it's definitely hard. And I've learned also, like, to have that faith. To have the childlike faith of just like not really questioning God's sovereignty, not really questioning God's plan. And of course there might be times where I'm like, why did you do that? Or why did you let that happen? Or why did that relationship end? Or et cetera, et cetera. But if you really, really trust, and if you really believe God is who he says he is, and if you're really like, all right, God, I'm going to come with, come to you with this childlike faith, then I'm going to just say, okay, you can lead my hand and you are going to know better than I yeah. will ever know. And you want good things for me. Your plans are not to, pro- not to harm me and to prosper yeah. me. And so it takes, of course, that time and the discipline of learning what that's like, because I do think a lot of people are just kind of like, okay, it's not that easy. It's not that easy just to like, just throw off the fear and the anxiety. And you're, you're absolutely right. It's really, really not. It is something that you have to really practice at. But if you get good at that, it becomes easier and easier. Yeah. And I feel like it's just the whole concept of taking your thoughts captive because I mean, this is kind of what I wrote down as I said, sometimes the actual action of worrying is worse than the actual situation. So yeah. sometimes the thought that you're worrying about, like that's worse if you're just sitting there thinking, thinking, thinking like, oh my God, this is so bad. This is so bad. This is so bad. When you could be worrying about something like super, super small, but in your mind, you're letting it grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. Mm -hmm. And then it never actually happens or it may not ever happen. But 
you're yeah. sitting there making it worse in your mind. And so you're just getting like all this anxiety. And honestly, like our body holds on to that stuff. Oh, which I, mean, I know you could talk about oh, girl. this. Like your body knows yeah. when it's under stress, when it's under attack, when your thoughts are simmering into the rest of your body, like, and your body will cling to that. It does. Yeah. I, I mean, mean it increases the stress hormone, the cortisol. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole other spiel for, I don't yeah. even, it would take me years to get into that, but <laughs> yeah. it does. Your body does literally like physically reflect yeah. your emotional, mental and uh, spiritual and health. And so mm-hmm. it does come back. But I was going to say, going back to all of what you were saying, how like the worry is so much worse in the situation. I had something. Yeah. Happened a couple months ago where I was just having kind of, I mean, a stressful month, a stressful month financially. Like I said, I'm a freelancer. And so like, you know, finances are the one thing that'll really get me sometimes. I'm like, Jesus, I can, I can trust you with everything, but like money, like I just, one thing. Str- you know, this is hard. And I think this is pretty universal. Like a yeah. lot of people, it's a, it's a stress factor, but, um, I just had an expensive month, had to pay taxes. You know, if you're freelancing, you know, you get it. Um, and just all this other stuff, it kind of piled up. And then I had this unexpected expense come up that, would be like, you know, in society, it was a thing where it would be really normal. Like, it would be so accepted if I had, like, cried about it or grumbled about it or, like, really, yeah. really freaked out. And really it's part of your out. job. And it's part of my job. It was a, it was just not a fun, not a fun thing. But the whole time I was sitting there and just talking about how not worrying, it's such a practice of behavior and it's such a discipline. And it's also being attuned to the Holy Spirit mm. and really allowing him to speak to you about situations. Like, my friend who prays the prayer every morning, she also goes through a day just asking the Holy Spirit, like, what do you want me to do with this? Even if it's mm, so small, even good. if she's like, what do you want me to eat for lunch? What would serve my body best? And yeah. whether it's like, whether he responds with a donut, because I don't know, sometimes you need some sugar or get the dang donut. Not, you know, get, if the Holy Spirit tells you to eat a donut, you know, like, you eat that dang you donut. You eat the donut, you know? <laughs> um, but doing that, we're like, should I speak to this friend or should mm. I talk to that person or should I go to this event? Or even, I mean, I could just talk about the things that I've learned from this friend for so long, but, um, if there's an interaction where she feels uncomfortable leaving it, she's like, Holy Spirit, what do I need to forgive? Do I need to forgive myself? Do I need to forgive this person? Do I? So cool. Tangent. Uh, but um, going back to just speaking to the Holy Spirit and asking him, the whole time I was sitting there and I was driving to like resolve this thing, and the Holy Spirit was just whispering in my ear, Sarah, I gave you more jobs last month so that you could pay for this this month. What if you just didn't respond? What if you mm. looked at the situation and you said, okay, Lord, I trust you. You provided for me. I'm seeing the fruit of the provision, and there's this thing, and it's taken care of. Because my father's good, and he already yeah. took care of it. Mm-hmm. I don't need to add this emotional instability, this fear, this stress, this anxiety that would serve absolutely nothing that takes me out of the presence of God because it takes me out of the present moment instead of just sitting there and praising mm-hmm. him for providing and right. just not even saying a word. And so I did, obviously, like, cried my parents a little bit. I was like, I'm 25, and I'm stressed. Yeah. And-, and I think, like, that's okay to, like, have the moment of, like, I'm sad. I'm confused. What am I going to do? Like, I think it's okay to like feel those emotions because they're real. Like we're not asking you to suppress them, but we are asking you to take your thoughts captive because I also wrote this down. I said, our thoughts run and we let them and we have to be really, really active to catch them. Because if, again, like as I was, as I was saying, like if we just keep letting them run and run and run and run and you're not speaking truth back into it, if you're not identifying like, okay, that's not true or that may never happen, then you're, again, you're going to go off on this tangent in your mind of like, oh my gosh, I'm about to die or Mm -hmm. this is going to happen or he's going to break up with me. And you do need people to speak into that, to be like, okay, whoa, 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 that is not what's happening. Slow down. That's not the truth. And so bringing in people into that as well is super helpful. And I remember like you texted me and you were like, please pray for me. I'm super stressed out. I don't know what to do. And I like prayed over you. And like, I think you had probably other people pray over you. And the next day you were like, Jay, it's all good. And I was like, that's so great to hear. Yeah. But here's the thing. Sometimes that doesn't happen for everybody. Yeah. 
which is which is hard and i we totally like empathize and sympathize with you but the thing is can you still worship god anyway yeah can you still praise him anyway can you still worship away that worry because worship is a weapon it is a way to combat the enemy it is a way a way to fight back that is probably my number one way of when i'm dealing with stress is like i immediately turn on worship music yeah. And I just start declaring who God is because the enemy wants you to forget who he is. He wants yeah. you to think God did this to me. This is God's fault. But, you know, I think if you just keep reminding yourself who God is and you're like, no, he is a good God. Yeah, he is. For sure. And putting yourself back in that posture of worship, it'll take you out of yourself. When you're speaking about someone else, you're speaking about God. You're singing these words. And sometimes, like, when you're tired, you're emotionally stressed. Worship, for me, it takes the effort off of me to have to think of what I want to say to God yes exactly. and it just allows me to breathe through these other words that just speak to my right. soul in such a cool way and I think yeah it's totally agree I so agree worship's so important totally agree what other things did you write down um I have I'm I know I'm I, know, I, I feel like, like I'm kind of distracted by how much I'm sweating I'm like dripping in sweat. yeah same <laughs> y'all in the valley where I that's where I am right now it's like Burbank area mm-hmm. I Desert. didn't know how hot it was up here. Just like I used to live in Santa Monica and I'd have my windows open like literally the whole day. It's a lot hotter up in the valley. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, did I bring the Texas heat with me? What is this? <laughs> yeah, go back. Go back to Texas. One thing I do want to add, though, is I actually wrote down this verse. It's Hebrews 11.1. 1, and it's now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assure and assurance about what we do not see. Let me say that again. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. That's basically like what this whole process is, is like, okay, God, I don't see you. I don't feel you. You might be able to feel him. I don't tangibly have you, but I'm still going to trust you. And it's like always in the Bible, by your faith, you've been filled by faith, by faith. I just read all about faith in Hebrews and it's like assurance what we do not see. We don't know what God's going to do tomorrow. We don't know what he's going to do a year down the road. We don't know how he's going to resolve the problem or the family thing or the health issue or whatever it may be for you specifically. But will you still trust him? Will you still allow him to to speak to you in that? Will you still believe that he is a good God? Or will you let the enemy win? Will you let the worry win? Will you let that overtake your mind and let that battle defeat you instead of just being like, no, I am more than an overcomer in Christ Jesus. Like I've defeated this already in, in, in the spiritual realm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think going off of that and trusting God and understanding and just, I mean, giving those things to him and switching kind of that, like the discipline of taking your thoughts captive out of being in that mindset. Um, and Isaiah, 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 and Isaiah. Um, it says, this is one of my favorite verses. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so it is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And I think that's such a powerful explanation of the mm. fact that the Lord's promises will not return void. Oh, and that. our prayers will not go unanswered. I heard someone was speaking a commentary on that verse, which like, I haven't been to seminary. Sem- seminary. Seminary. I got you. I don't speak <laughs> English today, you guys. Um, 
But it was saying that it was a two-way conversation. It was saying that, like, our words will not come back to the earth void. They will not go up to heaven. Our prayers will not go to heaven and come back void. But God's commands and promises will not come down to earth and return to a void. And so it was mm, this, this so two-way true. conversation, an example of this relationship with the Father where he wants to have dialogue with us. He wants to be yeah, with us in community. That's so good. And it's such a beautiful thing. Um, <laughs> sorry, I just walked the table. <laughs> I just ruined a good moment. I'm so yeah, sorry. No, let's do it over again. That's so good. (laughs) But I also love how earlier you were talking about in Revelations 5 2, 5 7? Um, Revelation. (laughs) Revelation 5 8. 5 8. Yeah, it literally talks about, and I've talked about this before in the podcast, but how the Lord hears every prayer and every cry. And it's like, just as she was saying, it does not return void. And so, just as a reminder, like, do not suffer alone in your worries. Do yeah. not just sit there and be like, this worry is in- insignificant or no one's going to care. Or like, why would anyone care? Why would God care? Like, it it does matter. All of it matters, especially if it causes your brain to spiral downward okay. to a black hole where you're like, how did I get here? Because you let one little thought run rampant in your mind. If that spirals you down to a black little hole, then yeah, it does matter. And so don't think that your worries are either too big or too small for God to care and even the people around you to care. I think it really, really matters. And so just voicing those things to him, like he wants you to come to him. He wants you to be, he wants you to ask. And there's so many verses about how God just wants us to pray to him and to come to him and ask him because he's like, I care. I'm your father. Like I want my children to feel like they can come to me and ask. Yeah. I need to cough real quick. I'm sorry. Um, I think that's one of one of the beautiful things. I was listening to this sermon this morning that I heard first a couple of years ago, and it's so beautiful. It's the most tender, intimate representation of, I think, what our relationship is meant to be with the Father. And when the guy's speaking, I listened back to it this morning and was just, just weeping. It's is so, that the one that you sent so our group today? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't it's wait so to good. listen. It's so good. Um, what is it called so people can listen to it? It is called, uh, maybe see. pull it up. I think it's... It's something about House of Prayer, I think. House of Prayer by Tyler Statton. It's from Garden Church in Long Beach, but it's so beautiful. And he's talking about why pray. And when I first heard, when I first heard this sermon, I was going through this weird season where I was kind of like, why would I even pray? I was like, God, you already know everything going on in my life. You already know what's happening. Why would I sit here and pray? And I was like, I was a little bit stressed out. I was in that like 21, 22 year old quarter life crisis, graduated college, Mm -hmm. didn't know what I was doing. So I was like, Jesus, I'm kind of frustrated. I'm frustrated with prayer. I'm, I just feel weird. And so I watched the sermon. I had a mentor send it to me, and it was just explaining why I pray. And I think so often people say, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. If you've yeah. grown up in a church, it's if you're new to a church. Not that easy. If you're even familiar with the faith at all, that's, like, such a huge thing that people say, do not worry and do not fear. And something, like, but they don't provide applications. So it's like, okay, right. so you say not to worry. What do I do instead? What is, like, how do I not worry? What do I do with that? And so I think this sermon was speaking about prayer. And I'll prayer. I think because we're so used to hearing it, it sounds like it sounds like a cheap answer sometimes. Well, yeah. just pray. But it was talking about in Revelation, it literally says that every single prayer uttered on the face of the earth, every single cry that comes from you, whether you're in the car and it's just one like, God, help me in this, or if it's huge, mm, like God, prayer yeah. for healing, or if it's tiny, if you're five years old and you're like, I want to be a princess one day, any little prayer, it's collected in heaven. And Revelation literally says that it's collected in golden basins. They're mm. carried by the angels that are the prayers of God's people. And then so later good. in Revelation 8, it says, when the time is right, the fire of the Holy Spirit will pour out over the basin and it will pour out onto the earth and every prayer will be answered. And so wow. every single prayer, every single thing you say, God hears and God cares about. 
But in that prayer, that's where you have this exchange. That's where you learn to trust the Lord. That's where yeah. you, you can just, that that repetition and that tenderness and that intimacy. Mm-hmm. And um, I was also listening to one of my, my church that's in Auburn is doing 21 Days of Prayer. And so, oh, yeah. Maddie's um, doing that right now. Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. I was watching that this morning. <laughs> I'll just text her about it. She's it's so, so It's so beautiful. But um, someone was commenting that often one of the things that stops us from prayer is fear. And the actual quote, it was, um, oh, so cool. It's so good. Saying some of us have a prayer life caged in by fear because we are scared of what the living God can do. The space between mm. wonder and mystery often paralyzes us. And it was, the, it was so, Whoa. and I was like, that's checking my heart because how often do I not even want to pray? He was saying right. in this other message, they're saying praise is the most powerful thing, but it's probably most people, if you're being honest, don't even really like to do it. No. And sitting there and like having this like discipline. discipline. I'm, t- I honestly, I feel like I was listening to these messages this morning. I was like, I'm so convicted. I'm so <laughs> convicted. I need to pray more. But that's such a true thing. Like what yeah. if this thing that I ask comes true? What if this thing that I ask and comes true? I mean, all, all prayer, all prayers are yes and amen in the Lord. And so whether that's answered in the way that you're asking for it, or if it's answered in a way that's actually better for you, mm. um, they are all answered and received by the Lord. It is all yes and amen, which you could go into a long theological discussion about that. But, yeah. um, and then there was this other, other quote that was fascinating. This is kind of a tangent, but it was saying, if every single prayer that you prayed was answered today, what would happen? And he was saying, except for the very few oh. bold and powerful, very little would happen. And that checked me. I was like, what am I praying for? Am I praying for, like, salvation and revival in the nations? Am I praying for my friends? Am I praying for these things? Right. Or am I just, like, I'm kind of stressed today? Lord, I want this. Yeah. yeah. Which, God cares about everything. Like I was he saying, does. ask the Holy Spirit if you should eat a donut. Ask the Holy Spirit if you should brush your hair or do a hair. Like, put, you know, he, if we care about it, God cares about it, which I think yeah. is the coolest mm-hmm. thing. But going into these big, into this the big prayers, how beautiful it is that I can trust that every single thing that I have said is held in the hands of the right. Lord. You know, that's such a, it's such a good, sweet reminder of just like when you, when I feel like if you picture yourself of like right now, when you're in your moment of like worry, like I'm freaking out, I'm freaking out, freaking out. If you picture yourself just sitting in the Lord's hands and you're like his child and he's just sitting there and he's like patting your back and he's like, I got you. Yeah. Like, stop worrying. I got you. Yeah. When you like vision that you're like, oh, that's it's pretty, so that's pretty cool. And it's so tender. It's and so tender. Yeah. But it's so hard to do that when you're in a high oh. intensity, stressful 100%. situation. You don't want to sit there and be like, let me just picture myself sitting in Jesus's hands. Yeah. Like we, we get it. And we know this can sound easy, but we're not saying it is easy. easy. Like Job, I mean, that's why I think Job is such a good person because so yeah. he complained and he was like, Lord, where are you? Why are you doing this? Like my soul is distressed. And but the Lord all had a plan for it, and so and when He was taking it back, I think sometimes people misunderstand. And I used to have the tendency to misunderstand. I was like, God, why are you being mean to Job? You just did all these things to him, and then He's asking you a question, a very valid question of like, what's happening to me? Right. And the way I was misinterpreting the scripture was that God was coming back, like, how dare you question? Like, I'm the God of the mm, universe. Yeah. And I was doing this app called Read Scripture, which ten out of ten recommend, and it partners with the Bible Project, which do those animated love. videos. Yep. Love, love. that. So I was watching their video on Job, and it totally re-explained it to me where they were saying God was coming back, and he was saying, Job, you don't have to question this. I know that this seems unfair, but because it was this beautiful animation that was showing, like, all the stars, all the universe, everything that hangs into balance, and God, mm. God was saying, 
I am so good and I'm so just and I'm so purely righteous that my scales of justice cannot be comprehended by humans. So it's like if this, he's like everything hangs in the balance perfectly. Like if something was one centimeter off. And so for me, I'm I'm half of one and half of a four on the Enneagram. So like justice, righteousness, like that kind of orientation makes a lot of sense to me. And Mm -hmm. so when it was like, when God was saying, I'm so just that it's perfect, but by human definition, our definition of justice is a human definition, just like our definition of time is made by man. God exists outside of our right. definition of time. God exists and operates outside of our definition of justice. And if there's something in your life that looks like the wrong thing, by human definition, this is wrong to me. By human definition, it's wrong that I didn't get that job, or it's wrong to me that this thing happened at school, or it's wrong to me that this thing happened in mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, God's looking at me saying, actually, that's the highest, best thing that could have happened to you. Because mm. My skills of justice are so good. You have no idea what's coming down the road because of this thing. Wow. And that's where it's releasing to trust where, yep. like, letting go of my pride and letting go of my definition of right and wrong and trusting that yeah. God's definition of right and wrong is flawless because he is Ugh, flawless. That's so good. And that's so hard to do. But it's so, like, when you get there, it's like, oh, I can breathe. Yeah. Like, I don't. I don't have to orchestrate this. I don't have to worry. I don't have to maneuver, control, do, act. I can just sit back. And, of course, there is a plan or there is a part of partnering with the Lord. Like, of course, I do think that there is something with that. But you can just rest and be like, okay, God. Like, again, the classic, even when I don't see it, you're working. That song, Waymaker, like, it's totally true. And please don't hear me wrong. Like, God wants to. I mean, Job was, he wasn't just saying, hey, man, it's not cool. Job was saying, God what on earth are you? Yeah, this he is got the worst. everything he taken from him. He was angry. And then also, that's what they were saying for church this morning. They were talking about Habakkuk. And this was, like, so powerful for me because I sound right now like I'm worry-free and I'm so great and <laughs> self-control and whatever. But the past two years for me have been, I mean, hard for everyone. But mm. I have lost my mind at times. I have been, I was living in London. I had to move back to the States. I was so frustrated. I felt so robbed. From, like, mm-hmm. so many people, as everyone did. But I had so many moments where I was like, God, I don't even want to talk to you. I don't even under, like, how is this? How? Like, how right. are governments and peoples and the countries and whatever? And she was talking about how in Habakkuk, he's coming to God because he's looking at the world around him, and it's not what he, it's not what he expected. It's not what yeah. he knew of a good God. He's saying, God, if this is who you are, and these are the things he promised us, then why is the government like this? Why are the people like this? Why is the world like this? Why are these things happening? And in that response, God comes back to Habakkuk saying, I mean, among other things, sit in prayer with me and hear revelation from me and receive peace from me mm-hmm. so that you know what to do in this. And that also goes back to where he was saying um, in Jeremiah, I mean, everyone knows the further I know the plans that I have for you, but yep. before that it's saying to thrive in the city to which you've been exiled. And I had a pastor a few years ago, I was complaining about somewhere that I was at or mad about a life stage or something. And he was like, Sarah, look at this verse. God says to thrive. And it was when, it was when the Israelites were in exile and mm-hmm. they were kicked out of Babylon. Is that the... I can contextualize I the Bible all day, but I forget all the details. Sometimes. That one's, there's so much history. Anyway, they're in exile, <laughs> and they're mad about it, obviously. They yeah. want to go back. They want to go back to the life that they knew, yep. which honestly is a lot of how it feels right now with COVID. Oh, I feel totally. like I'm in exile. I want to go back to yep. the life. I want to go back to freedom. But the Israelites are sitting there, and God's saying, be fruitful and, po- and prosper. I've placed you in this for a purpose that you don't understand. Yeah. If you sit here, like, it says, I mean, I'm really, really paraphrasing, but... Um, it's like set up gardens, have children, set up your life, thrive where I've placed you and honor me and praise me. And you don't know what's coming around on the other side. And so sitting here preaching myself so much, I don't even know where this is coming from. Yeah. I am in Jesus, but 
in this place where we are, where we're confused about if we're, I mean, there's people all over the world in different situations now that are stuck mm-hmm. back at home or that are back in different versions of lockdown, but choosing that posture, which is not easy, yeah. but choosing to be like, I'm going to thrive in this exile because you have no idea the fruit that's coming or what that's preparing you for. That's so true. And that, that kind of just goes back to just like worshiping through it. You just yeah. worship through the worry. It doesn't mean that it magically goes away, but it sure dang helps. <laughs> it does. And that's what, I mean, with the theme of worship with God collecting tears, it says in Psalm 126, those who sow with tears will reap with joyful song. Wow. And that's so, I mean, I just, I have chills. I said that and I just have, I know I'm like, I need a moment to digest that. Yeah. (laughs) That's so good. So yeah, we just want to hopefully encourage you that whatever you're going through, I'm, I know it's hard and I'm validating those feelings. I don't want to sit here and be like, just pray away. It's fine. It'll just disappear (laughs) when you do that. And I'm not saying it will. We, we don't know. There's been situations that I prayed for that I worried about that did come into fruition or things that I thought were going to come into fruition and never did. And again, we don't know the future, but how can you still be faithful to him? How can you still have faith in him regardless? How can you still trust him? How can you still serve him and still say, okay, God, like I'm going to believe that you're still good and you know the plans that are coming. And if I don't get this or if I do get this, you're still good. And this is, it's only for something that's going to draw me closer to you or bless me or protect me from something. Um, so just keeping that childlike faith with him. And it is so much about honoring him, but more than that, it's about just being with him and just knowing him more deeply and allowing him. I mean, he knows everything. Hear me the Mm -hmm. way that I say this, but just of your own free will, allowing him to know more of you, taking all of you to Mm. him, taking all of you into his presence. And he wants like, he doesn't want you to say, okay, God, I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to worry about anything. I'm in your presence. This is great. That's like, that sounds like the magical happy, like, yeah, sweet realistic. spot. <laughs> no, he wants you to come to him and say, I'm so stressed. I'm so fearful. I'm terrified of this, but I want to choose to trust you in this moment. And he wants to sit with you in that empathy. Like he knows. I had mm-hmm. someone was talking to me about Jesus and was saying for anyone on this earth that feels like they're in a place where they don't belong or something that they don't understand or they feel just weird and out of place. Like if anyone understands, Jesus understands. He was God totally. made man. Oh my gosh, he did not yeah. belong in that. He was not supposed to be in that. Uh-oh. That was none of like, you know, being in a human yep. form. And so with everything right now, with, I mean, with COVID or with whatever, like I'm not supposed to be stuck in my house. And that's just, he understands so deeply and he wants to be with you in that. So it's about just taking those raw emotions, not like brushing it away, but being authentically and fully yourself. Mm. You don't have to perform for Jesus, you know? Yeah. So, so good. Yeah. Just to close out, I wanted just to read a verse that this is obviously like the most, you know, notable verse about worry in the Bible, but it is so relevant. And I think it's something that you just need to keep reminding yourself of when you are going through these moments. And the song Gyra by Maverick City, Mm -hmm. literally, I think I've listened to it over a hundred times because it talks about this exact verse of just how, um, you know, God, if God cares about the birds, how much more does he care about you when you're his child? And like, um, just the flowers, like how they blossom and they do their own thing and they're not worried about anything. Cause like God, just lets them, like he takes care of them, you know, but again, how much more does he care about us? And so this is Matthew 6, 25. And I'm trying to see how much I want to read because there's quite a bit here. Um, 25 says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body or what you will wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they 
Can any one of you by worrying at a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about the clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon in his splendor was dressed like one of these. Hey, yada, 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 going forward. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows you need them. And that's what's amazing. And then this is the best part. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Boom, mic drop. Like the the Bible just mic drops itself (laughs) pretty much. It does. Um, So, yeah, I hope this podcast helps someone out there. If it did, please let me know on the Happy and Healthy podcast. Um, You can find Sarah. Where? Where can they find you? Um, Instagram. It's Sarah underscore Partain. Yeah, and I'll have it linked down below for the video and the bio of this podcast. Um, Any final thoughts before we end? Oh, I just love you guys. I don't know all of y'all, but I love you guys. So thank you for having me. Oh, this no, such thanks an for honor. doing this. It was so fun. Yeah, we, I was trying to get her on here for a bit. So really, hope this helped you guys out. If it does, please let us know on social media. We're so happy to chat and respond. And yeah, reach out just, if, you, if yeah, you want. Yeah, and yeah. I think this is just a good conversation. I know right now there's a lot of people going through things yeah. that they're worried about, whether that's yeah. Boyfriends, career change, college change, money issues. I mean, you name it. It's small scale, big scale. There's we, so many yeah, things. we yeah. get it. But we're in your corner. We love you. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, again, give me a review on iTunes if you are loving this podcast. Helps me out a ton. And I post these every single Tuesday. So I'll see you guys next Tuesday. Bye, guys. Thank you. <laughs>